omnipresent, meaning, meaning God is he's everywhere. Right now, God, God is everywhere. In fact, David, David expressed it this way in, in a psalm that he wrote. He said, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I free, flee from your presence? God, if I ascend up into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, God, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me and, and thy right hand shall hold me. God is he's, he's everywhere. You have this, this pastor, this theologian named A.W. Tozer, and he was trying to, to explain and, and comp- find some comprehension of, of God's omnipresence, of God's and just the fact that he's, he's there, everywhere. He, he had this to say in, in writing about this, this omnipresence of God. He said, wherever we are, God is here. There is no place, there can be no place where he is not. Ten million intelligences standing at as many points in space and separated by incomprehensible distances can each one say with equal truth God is here no point is nearer to God than any other point it is exactly as near to God from any place as it is from any other place no one is in mere distance any further from or any nearer to God than any other person God is omnipresent. You know, in, in the beginning, you have Adam, who Adam sinned. And, and he, in, in his panic, he frantically tried to do the impossible. He tried to hide from God. He tried to hide from the presence of God. You know, David, he must have had these kind of wild thoughts in, in his own mind of trying to escape from the presence of God in, in the midst of his sin and but he, he was saying, God, where, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I go? Whether, whether shall I flee from your presence? God, God is everywhere. You walk into this place and you, and you know it. You kind of feel. Well, it's like, like Moses when he came into the burning bush. And it's, take off your shoes, Moses, for you're standing on holy ground and and, and I, I feel that today. I feel that, that kind of presence of God here today. And I know that God is here. Amen. Sometimes it's, it's, it's kind of like that. Just to stand, take off my, my shoes, God. Or just, you know, just don't, I don't want to do anything to mess it up. God, I, I wouldn't want to do anything to mess up what I feel right now. Because I know that you're here, right? And you can have that same that same kind of presence is coming to your car as you're driving. I'm sure you've been there before. You, you just cry out to God and, and maybe you're just going through something. You, you're on your way to work. You're just praying and crying and God, I need you. And he comes and he comes in that car right where you're at. You know he's present there. Where's your home and your bedroom and you know, wherever you're at, God can come in and He can be there. It doesn't even matter. You know, God, His, His presence isn't confined. He doesn't have boundaries. Even if uh, David, he said, if I made my bed in hell, God, you would be there. Because God isn't confined. Job, 
When, when he was writing about this, he was saying, it doesn't matter if I look to the left, to the right, in front of me, behind me, above me, below me. It doesn't matter. God, you are there. I cannot escape from your presence. God, God is present. You can't go anywhere where God is, is not at. You can't even conceive of a place where God is not there. But the question then is, why... Are there times when you feel God more than you feel Him in other places? Right? I'm talking about these, these circumstances, these, these instances where you are there and you cry out to God and all of a sudden He sweeps into your room or you sweep, comes into your, your car and, and He was there. But He was there all along. Right? He was there before you started that prayer on your way to work. God was there with you. God was there in your bedroom before you started praying and making that a, a prayer chamber in your bedroom. God was already there. But so, so why is it that there are times when you feel God in a much more present way than it was before, you know, in, in, in other times? It's because although God is omnipresent, He can also be manifest present. And I want, I want to be in the manifest presence of God. But I could feel it today, the manifest presence of God coming into this, into this church. God, the manifest presence is when I, I know, God, that you are here. When we, we see so many instances of this, the, the omnipresence of God, where he's everywhere, all of a sudden, he, you know that he's there. You see, Jacob knew that God was there because he wrestled with God one night. God manifested himself in a way when Jacob was at a, a very desperate point in his life. And he said, God, I need you right now. I'm getting ready to make a transition in my life. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to make some changes. And God said, okay, let me show up in a very real way to change your life. And the very manifest presence of God was there. You, you see... So many different examples of the manifest presence. Come on, you've been there today. You, you, you were there when God came into this room and he swept in this room. And I, there was no doubt that I felt the God of all the universe coming to this place in a very real way. And you could reach out and you could touch him. You could feel it. Come on, there's something inside of you that can be just full. You leave this place full and changed because the manifest presence of God was here. So what does it take to get God from going from omnipresent to manifest present? What does it take? I think many of us might say worship, a good song, a good praise team, maybe, maybe some good preaching. That, that gets God to come in. But what does it take to get God from being everywhere in this house to shaking a window, come on, to, to rattling a door, just, you know, coming in and just kind of flipping my life upside down. What does it take to get God to do that? The answer is so much simpler than worship, a good praise team, a good sermon. All it takes is a need. That's 
all it takes. When someone comes to God with a need, God will show up. (laughs) This is going to be simple today. Oh, but there's somebody right now who you need to know that if you have a need, then God is attracted to that need. I thought. I want to talk about God's law of attraction here today. God's law of attraction. He sees a need, and it's as if he is holding this great big magnet out, and it's pulling him closer and closer to where what that need is. God sees the need, and he says, I see something that I can fix. I see something that I can come, and I can change that need. I can flip things upside down. I can change it. Come on, it may not happen exactly the way that you think it ought to, but God sees the need, and he says, let me come and meet that need right there. I see it. I see it. We see blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, Jesus walking, just walking through, uh, through the, you know, along the road. There's a crowd of people that are all around and you have this blind guy named Bartimaeus. Jesus, you know, walking to Jerusalem. There's this buzz in the air about, you know, who Jesus is at this point. And, you know, he's getting ready to come in to be announced the king, to be the one. This is almost Palm Sunday. And now all of a sudden, you know, in the midst of all of this craziness, you have one man in the crowd who is blind and he starts crying out, Oh, son of David. Oh, son of David. Would you come? I need you. I need you. Come on. And the people, they try to shut him up. They say, Bartimaeus, quiet down. Come on. He doesn't. He doesn't have time to stop for you. And he just keeps on crying out louder. I need you. I need you. Come. Come to me. I can't. Come on. I need you. You're passing by this moment. I can't let you pass by without you meeting my need. And Jesus hears the cries of a blind man named Bartimaeus. And he stops. He says, who is that? Who is that? And I hear somebody who said they need, they have a need right now. Well, he gets Jesus' attention because he has a need. He's going crazy because he says, I have a need and I need you, Jesus. Before you had passed by, would you meet my need? And Jesus stops and heals blind Bartimaeus that day. Well, Elijah, you want the story of Elijah, just an incredible story of, of this, the faith of this man who came to challenge to challenge the, the Baal worshipers, the ones who they, they have this, you know, these, uh, they're, they're trying to corrupt really the, the nation of Israel with their Baal worship. And, and so he challenges them and he says, you go and you make this altar and we're going to pray and you guys pray. And if the fire comes down, then your God's real. If the fire comes down for me, then this God is real. There was a need that day and God showed up and he met the very need of Elijah. He met the need. He says, I will show up when you present a need to me. When omnipresence and manifest presence, they're not one and the same. There can be one without the other. You can have the omnipresence of God and not have the manifest presence of God. But I want to see God come in in a very real way and to know, God, that you're here to meet the very needs, Lord, that you are able, Lord, that your word says you're able to meet. God, I want the manifest presence of God. I want the manifest presence. 
It's in Deuteronomy. It's in Deuteronomy that uh, the children of Israel, they're, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. They've, they've wandered around. You have a whole new generation of people at this point, and And uh, you have the Lord re- begins to remind them. He says, remember Remember how I preserved you through all these 40 years of your wanderings. Remember how I brought you out of Egypt. Remember all of these things. Remember how when you had needs, I was there to meet your needs. God, looking back and he says, remember all of this. Come on, and he says, yes, you faced trouble. You faced heartache. You faced all of these things. But the thing is, trouble is God's secret agent to figure out what you're made of. So stop complaining about the trouble. Just take it because trouble, that, that wasn't held. Your trouble wasn't held. Your suffering was ordained by God in times. He suffered you to hunger so that he could feed you. God did not save you from trouble. He saved you from sin. That's what God saved you from. Come on, you're still going to have trouble in this life. It's trouble that brings you to God. It's trouble that says, God, I need you. Come on, it's trouble that says, Lord, I realize that I still have need of you today. Come on, you might have trouble in this life. He isn't going to just pave the way and make everything smooth from now on. It's in your trouble that you say, God, I'm calling out to you. I need you. Lord, would you come close to me? Come on, there's times in your trouble where you cry out to God and he says, All right, I see. Come on, that you still realize that you have need of me. You have need of me today. Well, that's when you need him most in your times of trouble. But he continues there in Deuteronomy. And he says, beware of something. Because you're getting ready to go into a place that's flowing with milk and honey. You're getting ready. Come on, I have this place prepared for you. There's cities that you're going to walk into. They're already going to have walls around them. There's going to be a place when you plant the crops, they're going to grow in abundance. And you go in there, and there's going to be some time just a, just a little ways down the road when you're going to say, I don't need anything. And you sit there, and God says, in your fatness, on, in your multiplication, do not Forget me. Do not forget me when you are there and everything is satisfied in your life. Oh God, he seemed to remind the children of Israel rather often that they needed him. He reminded them one of the times when he brought them out of Egypt. He reminded them of the times when he kept them in the desert. He says, don't you forget your bondage in Egypt. Don't you forget that you used to have nothing. And yet I brought you out and I gave you everything. Don't you get full and think that you don't need me anymore. Come on, I don't care how much stuff you have. You still need the Lord. You still need God today. Come on, it doesn't matter how much you have. You need God. You need God. Come on, God has been responding to need from the very beginning. From the very beginning of time, God has been responding to need. In fact, the very first two verses of Scripture say, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. What did He see? What did He see when He looked out and He created the heavens and the earth? It says the earth was without form and void. 
Darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The earth was so void that God says, let me come and fill that void up and create something out of nothing. I see a need right here, and I'm going to fill that need with my creation. My perfect creation is going to come. Come on, and God saw a need from the very beginning, and he started creating. And the same thing happens right now where God says, I see some needs. But what I need is for somebody there to present that need and to say, God, I recognize that I cannot do this on my own. I need you. God, I need you. Oh, this is the law of attraction that God is attracted to your need today. I saw people all over this place today that are crying out and saying, God, I need you. God, I need you. I need you. I need you. Come on. There is something that happens when we cry out to God. Come on. He, came, he comes in. Come on. He responds to people who say, I need you. God, I need you. You want to know what, God, what attracts God to a church service? It's not the sign out front. It's not the times that we have posted on the doors. Just turning on the lights, unlocking the doors doesn't automatically attract God. What attracts God is people who have needs. It's in Luke chapter 5. It says that Levi made him. A great feast in his own house, and there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But their scribes and the Pharisees, they murmured against his disciples and said, Why do you eat and drink with the publicans and the sinners? Jesus answering them, he said, Well, they that are whole, they don't need physicians. But those that are sick, those that have a need, those that have a need, those are the ones that God will respond to. He says, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Come on, this is his law of attraction. He says, I see somebody with a need, and so I'm going there. This is what calls God, it causes attraction to come into a place where we are gathered here right now. Is a bunch of people who have needs. You sit here today, and if you don't have a need, God says, I'm not attracted to that. If you have a need though, if you're a sinner, come on, if you just are here and you just recognize that even in my, in my uh, place where I'm at right now, it doesn't matter. Come on, how good things are. God, I still need you. Come on, he's attracted to us saying, God, I need you. Present to me a need and I will show up. That's God's mantra. Present to me a need, I will show up. Here's the other component of it is faith on our end. Faith that God can meet our needs. Faith, come on, faith activates God when he shows up. Faith activates him. He is attracted to the need. But when you have faith to say, God, you can meet this need and you will meet this need. Come on, start praying those kind of prayers. God, you will meet this need. God, I'm walking out of this place whole. God, I am going. Come on, you start praying these kind of prayers of faith where it says, Lord, this will happen. Lord, I will walk. Come on again. Come on, God, I will. I will go and, and, and have these relationships restored. Come on, I will. Come on, you start walking in faith. You start walking in faith and God then isn't just attracted to the need, but he responds to the need. It's in that moment that God says, God says, okay. I'm here. He sees the need. He shows up. I'm here. Now what? Now it's on you. Right? At this point, 
that God is here and God, can, God is in this place right now in the name of Jesus. If you believe that God is able to save, then God says, come or let me come right now and to show you salvation. If you need him right now and you believe, God, you can heal. And you have faith believing, God, you are a healer. And you begin declaring it. Come on, it may not happen instantaneously in that moment, but it also may. God can show up right now in the place where you have a need. He showed up and then it activates him through your faith to say, Lord, you are a healer. God, you are one who can who can fix the dysfunction in my life. God, you are the one who's going to put everything back together. God, you can take the messed up and you can make it whole. God, you can take the the drug addict and you can clean them up. Come on, God, you can bring a family that's been torn apart back together. Lord, you can take somebody who has a need and you can fix it no matter what it is. I'm I'm coming to a close here soon. It was was a Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman who Jesus met at the well. It wasn't just a chance encounter that Jesus met the Samaritan woman at this well. Jesus sought her out. He says, said to his disciples, we need to go through Samaria. I know that's not our normal journey, but we need to go through Samaria. He didn't tell them it was because he had somebody he had to meet, but he did. He had an appointment. There's this woman that had a need. She was messed up. She'd been married five times at the moment. She was living with a sixth man who wasn't her husband. Her life was dysfunctional. She was messed up. But Jesus said, here, I have some water for you. And this is living water. So I don't care how messed up you are. I don't care how far away from God that you feel. I have something for you. I have my spirit that can dwell inside of you. It can fulfill every one of your needs. That's what God has for you today. His spirit can dwell within you. If you have a need today, I have a need today. Just come, bring it to him. When you bring it to him, God goes not from being God goes from being omnipresent to manifest present. From just being there to being present right there to meet your need. And then when you say, God, I have faith to believe that you're able to heal me. Or I have faith, God, to believe that you can make me whole. God, I have faith to believe whatever it is, come on, your need is. And you have faith that God can do it. Come on, that causes him to act in such a way that he says, let me begin to do, go to work and do what only I can do. Well, God, he's not drawn to choirs. He's not drawn to pretty sermons. He's not drawn to well together, uh, well put together programs. That's what church junkies are drawn to. God is drawn to need. He is attracted to need. If you want to leave this place whole, then you come and present your needs to him. If you say, why is it that I come every week? And I go leaving feeling the same way. Did you really need him? Did you, do you need him today? If you need him today, then let him know. 
If you need him today, be like a blind Bartimaeus that presses through the crowd and goes crazy until you get his attention. If you need him today, then be like the one who Jesus says is standing there knocking and knocking and knocking until he answers the door. And and come on, you just keep on pressing. If you need him today, then be like the woman who had an issue of blood. And she came and she pressed her way through the crowd and she reached out and she grabbed the the hem of his garment because she had a need. And she says, I'm going to do everything that I can to get to a place where my need can be met. Come on, that's what that's what the kind of uh, faith that Jesus is looking for. That's the kind of faith that activates him and says, I'm going to do whatever I can. Come on, you can make your way to an altar right now. You do whatever you can to say, God, I have a need and I need it to be met. God, whatever it takes, Lord, come on, if I need to come to an altar and lay down on my face and begin to cry out to you, Lord, then I'm going to do that. If I need to look like a fool, come on, David looked like a fool when he danced before the Lord. His wife says, are you crazy? And he says, no, I just recognize that we need God in this place. We're bringing back his presence. I need him. Come on, we've been missing the presence of God in Jerusalem. I need him. Come on, you may look like a fool. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about what you look like except for to say, God, I know that I need you. I need you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, as we begin just to sing this song of praise right here today. Come on, there's somebody right now, come on, who you still haven't pressed. Then you still haven't, come on, really presented God with every need, everything inside of you saying, Lord, God, you can take care of this if I would just present it to you. And I would have faith believing. Come on, God's here right now. Come on, there's still a Holy Ghost move. Come on, in this place. I need Jesus' name. The Lord. 